I think when people uh, become lonely, they begin to interpret their loneliness as a statement about their worth, Mm. that no one wants to be with me or God doesn't care that I'm alone um, or no one cares about me. And so that pain, that fear, that shame can lead to withdrawing and to um, avoiding people instead of reaching out and uh, developing relationships. Greetings, Redeemer family, and welcome back to Redeemer Radio. I am Pastor Ross, and we are continuing our series called Psalms and the Gift of Emotions. And we're kind of organizing it around Christian counselor Chip Dodd's schema that he calls Eight Feelings. And uh, it's just really helpful categories for this discussion. It's it's not too simple, but also not too complex, and um, just helpfully draws out some of the most important parts of this discussion. And... Um, so we have looked at hurt so far and sadness, uh, two of the eight, and obviously very heavy discussions. And today is not much lighter. Uh, we're talking about loneliness. And I am uh, honored and excited to be joined by longtime Redeemer Ann Larson today. Uh, Ann is wife to David, mother to Kirkland and Knox. She's a, a Christian counselor as well in the area. So Ann, thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me, Ross. I'm really excited to be here. Cool. And apparently Dan and Sean don't have never struggled with loneliness because uh, they are not joining us today. Uh, but uh, I'm excited to have a conversation with you on this. So loneliness is no joke. Um, solitary confinement has been labeled a punishment. And um, in fact, several countries have even banned solitary confinement as an inhumane torture. Um, and then you think of the movie Castaway, just that scene at the end. It's a movie where this guy is, gets a plane crash, stranded on an island. He makes friends with this volleyball that, you know, lands on the island with him from the crash. He, he just gets really close. And at the end, when the volleyball is going away, you just see this deep pain. He's crying out. And uh, I think that's just such a example of how wired we are for relationship that he, while he was alone on this island, had to find something to be in relationship with as silly as it could look on the surface. And even the research, some research has come out. It talks about how loneliness is closely linked to early, more to, as closely linked to early mortality as smoking 15 cigarettes a day or s- having six drinks a day. It's worse for longevity than obesity or being physically inactive. Uh, so it seems like God was onto something when he said it's not good for man to be alone. So Anne, what do we mean by loneliness? Why is it so painful? And, and where even do you see it in our society in the church today? Oh, those are great questions. So I think loneliness um, can be defined as perceived social isolation. It's a mm-hmm. feeling of being completely alone and without support, care, or friendship. Um, and it's incredibly painful for people when they're going through it because we weren't designed to be alone. We were designed to be with people. Um, and we see that throughout the scriptures, and we'll get into that more later. Um, I think other emotions that come with it that make it so difficult include deep sadness, um, oftentimes fear that motivates the aloneness or even fear that is a result of it, um, and often deep shame. And that makes it very painful. 
Uh, as far as where we see it in our society today, I think we really see it um, in the counterfeit relationships that are being developed um, over social media. They feel mm. like friends and followers. We even call them friends, but they're not r often close friends, not what really is scriptural friendship, deep relationships where we know and are known and are together in person. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's uh, gives us a sense that we have good friendships, but we don't actually, and it leaves us feeling empty. Mm -hmm. I think also we see a lot of isolation and goodness right now uh, with COVID, we see this even more yeah. This where people are at home, they're stuck. You have people working from home. The elderly are particularly isolated. And uh, you see a, um, a lot of stay at home moms who are isolated all the time, but who um, even now, right, more right now. So I think it's a it's a real problem, particularly now. But it's also, as that study you referenced shows, it's a it's an ongoing problem for our society. Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, if you were just kind of a I don't know. Think of an alien coming to America or to to the world right now, and and just on the surface, it seems like people are connected, especially social media. But even there's where, you know, take away COVID, but even before that, that you know that research was coming out before COVID, and we're around people a lot. But so it can it can seem almost surprising that loneliness would be so prevalent in our day as it is, um, you know. But I think it's there's a lot of reasons for it, and. You know, one thing is, is I thought I gave some thoughts about men and how um, this can be a struggle with men that you don't think of very much. And I think the problem might be a little worse than it seems with men um, because for two main reasons, you know, men can struggle to make meaningful connections. We love to kind of stay on the surface and talk about surface things, which is not, you know, entirely bad, but it, but we can kind of struggle to go deeper. But then also, if we are feeling any loneliness, we're very quick to kind of suppress that. And we don't want to express that if, if it's the case. But I definitely know many men, um, especially my time as a pastor over the years, that, that struggle with this and, and, and are trying to figure it out. So, you know, you kind of hit on it a little bit, but what would you say are some causes of loneliness, Anne? So I think there's both circumstantial causes as well as things that we can contribute that lead to loneliness. So circumstantially, I see, you know, illness um, of yourself or your spouse, having small children and being stuck at home a lot, um, mental illness for yourself or a spouse, moving to a new place, divorce or death. These can all lead to loneliness. I think also there's times when we contribute to our own loneliness, and that's not to blame the lonely, but just to say we have places of wounds or we have places of difficulty in our who we are that lead us to withdraw from people. So things like social anxiety, there are people who it's just very anxiety-producing to go into social settings, mm -hmm. and that often leads to uh, loneliness if it's not treated properly. I think shame, struggling with shame can really lead to this deep um, fear of being exposed for um, who they are. And people who struggle with shame tend to avoid and withdraw from people mm, as mm -hmm. well. Um, the fear of intimacy. And then there's also just people who have a difficult time reading social cues, who yeah. have a difficult time relating to people and connecting with people. And I think all of those can contribute to, to loneliness. Yeah, absolutely. So... You, again, you've kind of hit on this a little bit, but what would you say are some, you know, loneliness is, one counselor has said it's the feeling we work hardest to avoid. That, that maybe could be challenged, but it at least gets at how painful it is. And so 
we're not made for this. We want to avoid it. We want to not be in that state. Um, but you know, because of sin, sometimes we can unhelpfully react to loneliness. So what are you, what would you say are some unhelpful reactions to loneliness that we need to be careful of? Yeah, that's, that's an interesting question. I think apathy is one of the main things that we have to avoid because I think when people, uh, become lonely, they begin to interpret their loneliness as a statement about their worth, Mm. that no one wants to be with me or God doesn't care that I'm alone um, or no one cares about me. And so that pain, that fear, that shame can lead to withdrawing and to um, avoiding people instead of reaching out and uh, developing relationships. And I think that apathy really can contribute to things like depression or anxiety because once we're alone and isolated, we really tend to spiral downhill. We were made to do life with people. Um, and when we don't, it really can lead us to a bad place. Yeah, no, that's a that's a very important um, point and, and a, a very common negative reaction. I think another one that comes to my mind is conform. You talked about apathy. I think of conformity. I think sometimes we can get a little desperate and we'll talk about this a little bit more later, but, um, for relationships and that's okay to, to want relationships so we can, um, be so desperate for it that we'll, we'll just become anyone, um, so that people will like us. And, uh, we'll sometimes, you know, start acting in ways that we're not wired to act and, and kind of, you know, be someone we're not just to fit in. And, um, I think that there are some negatives to that and, and it can lead to, you know, some superficial relationships. And, you know, I think I was, I was reading something recently and, and, you know, the person, he was just saying, if we don't address our loneliness, we fill our hearts with things that maybe relieve our hearts, but instead of fill it, and he's just talking about fixes and, and just some negative things we can do because of the pain of loneliness to kind of numb it. Um, and we've talked about these with other emotions as well of all ways that we, we do that. And so that just is a, a way to say like it, it is important to, to recognize this feeling and find a way to, to healthily move forward. Um, the author says, all we get for surviving loneliness rather than utilizing it is its results. We end up alone. And uh, I think he's definitely on to something there. So, yeah, I'm just thinking about, you know, God gave us the ability. He kind of wired us in a way that we feel loneliness. And, and why do you think that's a good thing that God has designed us in this way? What is helpful about the feeling of loneliness? You know, I think it's God's mercy to us. It's kind of like the light on the dashboard. Mm. Um, When the check engine light comes on, we pop the hood and we find out what is wrong with the engine. And it's the same with emotions. And loneliness is one of those that when loneliness comes up, when it lights up on our dashboard, it tells us we're out of relationship with people. We're out of relationship with God and that we need that when uh, we were because we were made to be in relationships because we were made to be in a relationship with people and with God, that hunger within us drives it, Mm -hmm. should drive us to it. And when it doesn't, then that's a problem. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's, that's a really good way to put it. Okay. So let's think about the Psalms for a little bit. How can the Psalms be helpful to someone experiencing loneliness? And I'll, I'll jump in first on this one. I think there's a couple, a number of things that we see in the Psalms that are, are very helpful in this discussion. The first is 
Um, the Psalms model to us that we need to be expressing our loneliness to the Lord. And you see this a number of times in the Psalms. Psalm 88, um, the author says, You have caused my companions to shun me. I mean, I can't think of even worse loneliness where it's not just that you don't have people. It's like the people are intentionally um, shunning you. And, and later in the Psalm, You have caused my beloved and my friend to shun me. My companions have become darkness. So that's a very intense season of loneliness um, that is being described there. Psalm 25, turn to me and be gracious to me, for I am lonely and afflicted. And then I think of Psalm 73, the, you know, it's a more famous one. The first half, is it, the, the main theme in the first half is envy. The psalmist is kind of envious that the wicked prosper. But I think there's also a loneliness that you're seeing in that psalm where, where he, he feels alone in that he's being holy and righteous, and yet things are hard. Um, but then you see God meet him in that loneliness beautifully in the second half of that psalm. And so, obviously, the psalms testify to the fact that it is not good, that loneliness is not a good thing, that it's not the way things are meant to be. But this, and this kind of made me think of, you know, so we need to be expressing our loneliness to the Lord, but I think we would also agree the rest of the Bible testifies that we need to be bearing our burdens with each other. So, you know, I think we need to be talking about our loneliness with other people. And so I wanted to kind of get at what is what are helpful ways to talk to other people about our loneliness? You know, how much do we express our loneliness? Maybe thinking about like someone that we want to become friends with and we kind of approach them and say, hey, I'm lonely and I want to be friends. Um, you know, it seems like a tension to me where, you know, we want to be vulnerable and honest with our loneliness, but it doesn't seem the most effective or helpful to be processing processing it with just anyone or even with someone we're trying to move towards. What Do you, do you have any thoughts on that? That is such a tricky situation, right? Because you're trying to take steps forward and right. yet then you face this social awkwardness of uh, telling someone that you don't know that you're lonely. Right. It's sort of tricky. Um, I would say it's appropriate to talk to people that you're already friends with, old friends, even if you are not in proximity, right? To call your people you grew up with or call your, you know, your family or whoever to really tell them I'm struggling with loneliness. Um, You know, even now, I think during COVID, I've said to a couple of friends that I've known for years, hey, I haven't seen you in a while. I haven't seen anybody in a while. I'm kind of lonely. And I think that's appropriate. But I think it would be awkward for me to walk up to someone I don't know and say, hey, will you be my friend? I'm lonely. I think that sort of makes people feel manipulated. But I do think that it's appropriate to invite someone out for coffee to say, hey, I'd love to get to know you a little better. Exactly. Uh, You know, and to reach out to people. I think that's very appropriate. But if you do, if you are struggling with loneliness and you do need help figuring out how do I make friends, I think finding someone older in the church who Mm. it seems like they're good at that, who knows how to do this and really asking them to have sort of a more one-way relationship with you, a discipling relationship, a mentoring relationship where that person can pray with you about finding friends, talk to you about how to find friends, and um, and then walk with you in that journey. Because then you're not asking a peer for something that feels manipulative. You're asking someone else for help. And I think that's maybe more appropriate. Oh, that's super helpful. No, that's good. So th- that's that's one of the first points, looking at the Psalms. We need to ex- be expressing and, and, and being aware of our loneliness. But I think another thing the Psalms show us is we need to let our loneliness drive us into intimacy with the Lord. And Psalm 139 is one of the best passages in the whole Bible on this. As I read these first 12 verses of Psalm 139, I just want you guys to think about 
Um, this is kind of how God thinks about his relationship with us. Um, there's just some beautiful pictures here of, of how God experiences us and how God moves towards us. So Psalm 139, just the first 12 verses. I wish I could say them all, but it's, it's a long psalm. Oh, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. You discern my thoughts from afar. You search out my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all my ways. Even before a word is on my tongue, behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You hem me in behind and before and lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. Where shall I go from your spirit or where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you're there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you're there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day for darkness is as light with you. And there's a phrase that someone said many years ago that God is the hound of heaven. And uh, I think you see such a picture of that here, that God is a God who pursues us, that God loves to be near us, um, and that God is ever-present with his people. And, you know, I think the I think it's verse 6 where it says, Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot contain it. And what a profound statement. Uh, I think that it, it's so in touch with reality where we as God's people we know in our heads that, that God is a God who pursues us like this, that wants to be near us, but it's, it can be very hard for us to experience that in our hearts and in our lives. And I think when we're talking about loneliness and being in a season of loneliness, it's, it's definitely even worse if there's also this reality of kind of having this loneliness in your relationship with God and you're not experiencing nearness with the Lord. Um, I think that is one of the benefits of loneliness is that it pushes us towards God and God fills a part of our soul that no human relationship can. And so um, there's definitely, um, you know, this sense in which, though it's not um, the whole answer, it, it, there is definitely, we need to be experiencing nearness with the Lord, and there is a comfort that can come from that. You see Jesus, you know, ex expressing that in the Gospels as he's talking about moving towards his death and how though he still has his father and he still won't be lonely. Any other thoughts on that psalm? Yeah, you know, I think there's just a real sweetness to being able to have intimacy with God. I mean, what mm. a sweet gift that in Christ we can come into the presence of God yeah. and that he meets with us. I um, I worked at Camp Kanakuk in Missouri when I was in college uh, for a summer, and um, I was far from home, and the majority of people who worked there were um, from Texas and Oklahoma, and I was a Virginia girl and did not fit in culturally, did not fit in at all. And it was really a lonely summer, but I felt like the Lord met me in a really, really sweet way. It was a really dear time of intimacy with the Lord. I'm not saying it was easy, but it was sweet. And I really grew to see that the Lord cared for me in a really deep 
way and that his presence went with me and it really challenged a lot of my dependence on people which was something mm. that I've always struggled with mm. and um, so I think I think that the Psalms really do give us a place to cry out to the Lord we have the words here that we can cry out to the Lord and pray you know where can I go from your presence and he says nowhere you can't mm-hmm. go anywhere from my presence I am here with you and I do know you know just as a side note that there are some people who really struggle to feel the presence of the Lord you know and if you are one of those people I think really noting that you're not you're not strange they're not something terribly wrong with you but it may point to some childhood wounds or Mm. some past wounds that involve shame or fear some of the things I mentioned at the beginning and it's worth exploring that if that's something that people struggle with I think it's worth them exploring what is at the heart of that because it's something that um, that a lot of people experience but don't talk about yeah absolutely now those are those are great thoughts and you know it makes me think I, I actually have a similar story of a summer I'd worked at a camp and and I had a you know sp- similar experience of the Lord's nearness in that um, but at the same side in the same way on the other side of that you know to what extent should the nearness of the Lord be our answer to loneliness um, you know I think it makes me think of okay what is that fine line between you know the sense that God is always with us but you know, that doesn't mean that we shouldn't keep pursuing people, right? Right. Absolutely. You know, we're united to Christ and in our union with Christ, we're united to his church and we were made for both. And so I think to, to separate them would be a false dichotomy. I think that in the garden, it says that God, um, in the garden, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. And then he also gave us his church. So Mm -hmm. we know that we were made for people. We know we were made to be in relationship, but obviously um, even just looking at the Ten Commandments, God is to be our ultimate. Yeah. He is to be the first place that we are um, united and connected. But our our union with the church is an uh, is an outflow of that. Yeah. Absolutely, and I think I th- I'm thinking of single people as you're talking, and how sometimes um, it can be hard for the church to um, really um, include them and move towards them. And so that doesn't negate the reality that that's what the church is to be. Um, is to be a family and a place of of meaningful relationship, um, and so yeah, it's complicated. And um, but I think yeah, we definitely need to be pursuing people. That's how God has wired us. Um, and and I think this whole reality of of letting um, our loneliness push us towards intimacy with the Lord has an indirect effect of really helping us in our relationships with other people. Um, as we've kind of already talked about it, it it kind of puts us in this place of not being desperate or you know, over-dependent upon relationships with people. It, it helps us move into relationships with other people, um, not needing them to fill this God-shaped hole in our heart, but able to move towards them and have a mutual relationship where we have stuff to give to them and we can really be a non-anxious presence with them. And I've heard someone say, you know, the best friends have the best friends. And I think there's something to that, that the more we can move towards people in love, and in self-sacrificial love that comes from this sense of, you know, Christ is enough, then we're able to build deeper relationships. The Psalms also just help us in this place of just trusting in the Lord. You know, Psalm 37, that he will give you the desires of your heart, that that God will, um, that confidence that God will meet you in your loneliness with himself, but also he will bring relationships and then finally, just the beauty of relationships. Psalm 133 just really motivates us to pursue 
relationships and friendships. Behold how good and pleasant when brothers dwell together in unity. That word behold just wants us to stop and consider something important. And then it says how good this is. And that's a word from Genesis 1. It's talking about this is how we are designed. This is a creational good. But then it says and pleasant. And so it's good and pleasant. You know, some things are good, but they're not pleasant. Like some vegetables, they're good for you, but they don't taste great. Um, But the psalm is saying that Christian community is not just good for us, but it's also very enjoyable. You know, one way people put that is it's nutritious and delicious. It's it's something good for you, but also very enjoyable. And I think that just kind of paints a picture for us of of how worthy we are. This is for us to pursue. So, anything else you want to say about the Psalms? You know, the one other thought I had, Ross, was that about Psalm thirty six and how God. Um, has a covenant love for us. Mm. That's, it, I think it's often translated steadfast love in the Psalms. He made promises to be with us. And one of those promises is his presence. Yeah. This uh, In Psalm 36, it talks about how the bird, uh, God uses the, or use the analogy of the bird hiding um, his little, chi- the little baby chicks under the shadow of his wings. And that the Lord, the Lord does that for us. It's a picture of intimacy. It's a picture of his presence and his love for us, just like a mama bird. That's really, that's, that's great. That's a good passage. I'm glad you brought that out. So, um, you know, there's so much there in the Psalms, but kind of broadening out now, like what else has it looked like either for you personally or in your care of others? Um, to, what does it look like to navigate loneliness effectively? Yeah, I think it's really important for people to take a risk. Yeah. And a lot of times that has to do with vulnerability and learning how to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. And I do think that involves trusting the Lord that even if you get hurt, even if you risk and it doesn't go well, that you'll be okay. And I think vulnerability is something that's hard for people, but I think it's also an area to grow in. And so yeah. that's a, a place that I think it's... That's a uh, helpful, great point. You know, and I think just really starting to think, well, what is it that holds me back from having relationships with people? I think it's yeah. a really important question for the lonely to ask. And sometimes it's just circumstances. Right. But sometimes, especially if it's a lifelong struggle, it's really searching out what fears do I have? Is it about intimacy? Is it about being hurt or abandoned? Is it about being judged mm-hmm. or being exposed? And those questions really start to get to why am I not pursuing relationships with people? Or, hey, do I really have a hard time understanding social cues? These are all things we can get help with if we need. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, that, that was definitely some of what I was going to say. I think something from my own experience is just patience. Um, that's super practical. But, I mean, I think just um, having the patience that relationships will come, they will happen um, in the right time, and don't force it. Um, but really trust that the Lord will bring that. And I think even I've also noticed in some people that expectations can be, uh, have a negative effect, uh, potentially on, you know, building relationships with people and experience of loneliness. You know, maybe you've, you've had a season of life where you just had rich, rich relationships and maybe you moved to a different place and they do relationships differently. There's a little bit different culture or, you know, for some people, you know, maybe college was a really sweet time and then they're living somewhere else. And and they kind of like paint this ideal that that season is what it always should be like. And that's not a bad thing to aspire to. But I think sometimes having realistic expectations um, can be sort of one practical way to kind of move forward. 
You know, that makes me think about, I had a good friend from college who's now living in a small town and she recently asked us, how are you guys making friends? Hmm. And, um, you know, I thought one answer to that might be that my friendships look different in this season than other seasons. Mm -hmm. And that I have friends who are 10, 15 years older than I am. I have, I even have friends that are in their eighties. I have friends that are younger than me. I have friends that are my age. I have friends that are close and I have friends that are far away. That friendship doesn't have to always look the same. Like we're all the same age, doing the same thing all the time. That there could be deep relationships and deep answer to loneliness in that looks in, um, I guess it comes in different packages. Yeah, no, those are great points. And, you know, I wish that we had more time because how can you talk about loneliness without talking about the friendship? And we've gotten into that a little bit, but um, that, that goes right along with the idea of loneliness and just the importance of friendships and just shameless plug for the men's retreat coming up in a couple of weeks. We will be talking about friendships and, and I'll have the privilege of, of, you know, giving a little talk on that. Um, so put that on your calendar. But um, one final question, Anne, is, you know, I'm thinking about how does getting in touch, more in touch with our loneliness that some of us have maybe experienced, how does kind of being more aware of that and more empathetic to that, how, do, how can that impact our relationships with others and how we move towards others? I think that's a really important thing for us to consider. Not all of us struggle with loneliness as a lifelong uh, issue. Some of us struggle with it under certain circumstances Mm -hmm. during COVID when we move, those kinds of things. But I think we should all have eyes for the lonely and marginalized. Mm -hmm. God has a heart for the orphan and the widow. And so on Sunday mornings, I think we should be looking around. We should be thinking who here is lonely, who Mm -hmm. here is not set in families. I know there are families at Redeemer who every year have people into their home who are lonely for holiday meals. Uh, I heard someone else one time say, every Sunday morning, I pray that God would show me who to talk to at church. I love that. Just having a heart for looking toward who are the lonely here and how can we meet them as a church? How can we care for them as a church? Because I think that reflects the heart of God. Absolutely. I completely agree. And I'll just say, kind of being new here and having experienced other churches, I, I really see God working in Redeemer in that way. I really see many people with hearts for um, the people that, um, you know, maybe are new and, and are looking for community or, or um, just kind of more on the margins. And I've been really encouraged, and I think our church is doing this really well. Um, so, what, you know, this is just a way to say, great job. Let's keep doing this. Let's keep moving forward in this and, and showing Christ in this way. And it's so it's so especially important right now as we've been so isolated. Yes, I think absolutely. during COVID, there is an epidemic of loneliness. People yeah. who don't ever struggle with loneliness are lonely right now. Yeah. In yeah. our neighbors, in our neighborhoods, in our churches, in our schools, everywhere. And so I think we have tons of opportunity to love people well right now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, there's so much else we could say, but um, this has been really helpful to consider these questions. And Anne, thanks again for joining us. Um, it's great to have you on. And uh, we will be continuing uh, our look at the Psalms and the gift of emotions. And so... We look forward to joining you again. I think it's going to be in two weeks um, till the next episode. And um, yeah, we'll look forward to that. Until then, grace and peace to you all. Hey.